Hey you, my name is Elon and it's great to connect. I wanted to share with you a bit about who I love working with. I coach seven-figure elite entrepreneurs to identify the blocks that keep them from having connection and clarity with relationships, money, and control in business. One of the most important lessons that I have ever learned in my entire life, my 35 years of living, is about relationships. I have actually learned more about relationships by having one with myself. And I wasn't able to do that for a very, very long time. And there's a couple of pillars to that I'd love to share today because as we go through this podcast, as we go through this journey all together and listening to the growth, to the diamonds, to the takeaways from all of these, there's a really important lesson with relationships. And it's having one with yourself, understanding it, and how you want to improve that relationship. Recently, I had a life-changing experience that literally helped me come home to myself. And it was one of anger. It was anger for so many things that for years I didn't understand why I kept abandoning myself. And for the longest, I've struggled with the idea and the understanding that I had a two-parent household up until my father passed away last year. And their marriage was almost 40 years. And I learned a lot of stuff about their relationship. And that was my first template, so to say, about here's what a relationship should look like. Dad comes home at a certain time. Mom cooks. Mom nurtures. Dad provides. So on and so forth. And you don't show affection. And you're best friends. And you have friendly banter between each other. Simple template, but not so simple. One thing that I couldn't put my finger on until very recently that just was a game changer for me was the following. Having a relationship with other people, it's important to communicate, but also understand how do they feel and how do they connect. So it's important for us to understand love languages. But on top of that, it's also understanding, well, what do you need? Like the person, you. What do you need in that moment and how do you get it? What are the differences between my needs and wants? Before anybody else in my life ever abandoned me emotionally, cognitively, physically, whatever the case may be, I abandoned myself first. How is it that I am able to forgive others if I haven't forgiven myself first for abandoning me? For all those times that I had unmet needs and I had no other way but to protect myself and abandon myself in that moment, I had to learn and come back home to myself and understand I need to be present for self first. I can't expect other people to meet my needs if I haven't met them myself. It's a hard lesson to swallow. It's a huge one also that's a takeaway, right? And that's why this episode is literally labeled coming home to self. Because our relationship with self is the most important we will ever have. And primaries to that to really understand is what is it that I need? And it's such a huge learning curve because we're very frequently taught what we should want. We should want somebody to be there for us when we have a really great achievement or something to congratulate with. We want somebody to share great experiences with, or we want somebody to be responsible and accountable when we have kids and we grow a family. But what happens to the unmet needs? What happens to the resentments that build up? needs to be talked about. And I feel that it gets a little bit fuzzy. And here's where I can take my years as a former psychotherapist with 10,000 plus conversations with patients that taught me the following. There is a huge difference between being alone and being with yourself. 
and it's the difference between alone and solitude. I am in solitude versus I am alone. You can be in a room full of a hundred people plus and still feel deeply alone. And you can also be in a room where it's just you, yourself, and you are with yourself. You are in good company. You are full. You are present. You need nothing else. It's literally the best definition of I am. That's it. Nothing else has to come after or before. It is simply that, period. I am. Solitude, it's such a delicious feeling. And I feel that if an individual has not experienced that, has not embodied it, has not praised it, has not dulled into it thoroughly, they won't be able to stay present with others. And there's something that I learned also through my work as a psychotherapist throughout the years, and it just blew my mind, but it made tons of sense. When I used to see couples, um, there was a couple things that I would look for immediately as an assessment. And I knew from the jump, from the very beginning, uh, this is not going to go well once I heard the answers. So there were a couple primary things I looked for. Number one is in a relationship, if there is no more conflict, if there is no more struggle, there's no more back and forth pull, Houston, we have a problem. Because that tells me that either one party or both within that relationship are checked out and they're ready to go. They're not coming home to self. They're not coming home to you. They're not coming home at all. It's literally a waste of time and money. The way that somebody in a relationship is able to navigate the conflict is the most important pillar for me to have evaluated whether or not they're going to make it to the other side. So I like to call it the through part. When we respectfully disagree with somebody in conflict, in disagreement, when we don't agree, we don't see eye to eye on whatever it might be, we're still able to go through that part and still say, I love you nonetheless. I may not agree that blue's my favorite color or the best color in the world, but I could see your perspective. It's respectful, it's reflective, it's healing, it's connective. That's the first aha moment I had about relationships. The second was even deeper than this. A question I used to have on my assessments when I would see couples was the following. When you are with yourself, how long are you able to be with yourself? A lot of people, they'd be like, what does that mean? And very simply, it means that if I'm going to spend the day with myself, Keyword, I'm not alone, I'm with self in solitude. How long can I do it for? And a lot of people would say, like, oh man, like I two hours and I'm done. Like I need some social interaction. And that's different. What I am saying is a following. How long can you stand yourself? Straight up. Like that's what I'm asking. And then when I asked it like that, you know, when I changed it on the paperwork, people would laugh and give me like, oh. Yikes, like that goes for the throat. It sure does because it's being honest with yourself. And you know, recently somebody told me that you get so much more of your life back, reflection and intuition when you sit with yourself for 10 days. And I agree. I think that totally makes sense because an individual that isn't able to sit with themselves, be with themselves, enjoy themselves, lavish within time and getting to know your inner thoughts, your needs, your wants, your desires, how the heck are you going to be present with somebody else in relationship, whether it's romantic, friendship, business, whatever it might be? It's such a disservice, I feel, that if we don't start with ourselves, it's going to be a crash and burn with anybody else. 
And I think that's such a great start to discuss that primary component of relationships. Because if we don't understand it and we don't attempt to master it day in, day out, because it is a work in progress every day because we change. So we also have to get to know ourselves again and say, hey, after you had that baby, how are you feeling about personal time with yourself? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel scared? Do you feel relieved? Do you feel so relieved that you don't have to take care of your child that you're kind of afraid to tell people that? It's possible, right? Or how about entrepreneurial guilt? It happens all the time that you've ran an amazing company for years, you know, you get this amazing deal, you sell it off, and then you have all this time with yourself. But because we've given so much value, so much identity to here's who I am, I'm the CEO and founder of insert here, who am I outside of that? It's a relationship that changes with ourselves and we have to further identify it and say, well, who am I outside of this, outside this box? And I think that is something to really consider and contemplate. It's beautiful. It's great inner work. Another thing to also consider is that if our business is a reflection of ourself, primary one, <laughs> primary component number two is building a business is spiritual. So we have both theories that leads us to believe that if we are spiritual beings, it's an ever-changing identity. And we have to know how to navigate that for ourselves and in relationship with others. Lastly, one of the most important components that I learned through doing couples work, through doing relationships and family and all this, you know, family work, to be quite honest with you, that's what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a family of two or a family of 15. It is indeed family work. It's family systems. And some systems are hella broken, especially in families. Um, I definitely would know. <laughs> I saw it in my own. I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly in it with nothing to hide, nothing but truth in the room and tears and very blunt, honest answers. So it is the following. We will only allow other people in relationship with us to abuse us just a little bit more than we abuse ourselves. And it's true because if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't put up boundaries. We wouldn't say, hey, you know what? That's non-negotiable for me. I can't go any further. And as an individual that is scaling and doing amazing things in the entrepreneurial world, if we are not aware not only of our own boundaries with self, but boundaries we have in relationship with others, we might have uh-ohs very quickly. And here's a great example. I once worked with an amazing entrepreneur, killing it in the game, corporate, running a company, and didn't understand why none of their kids wanted to spend time with them. Not at all. It just didn't make sense to them. And the more I asked questions and the more I went deeper, I understood the following. There was no relationship with the children. It was never established. It was never talked about. It was never addressed. And I think it was a very, very eye-opening experience when I asked, how do your children experience you? Such a powerful question. I love asking that all the time when I do this work with individuals and we have life-changing conversations. How does this person that you love and want in your life and you want to mend and grow and heal this relationship experience you? And many times I get, I don't know, I get the deer in headlights look or I get the great question, let me go ask them, <laughs> right? Let me go get some critical feedback for a feedback loop. Or thirdly, sometimes what happens with individuals 
is there's defensiveness there and there's well of course I'm fantastic I'm great and that's awesome I love confidence as much as the next person but the reality is the way we experience ourselves is not necessarily how others experience us sometimes ego speaks louder than anything else and if that overwhelms the relationship with any person once again family siblings parent romantic relationship friendships any of it there will be no balance in that relationship and it's the same with ourselves you know we have to decide who leads for the day is it our true inner spirit is it our own person or is it our ego is it our persona that we're showing to the world right and we all struggle with this this is a human condition and in understanding it more and calling it out on a daily basis with ourselves really helps you know somebody asked me once and they said z thanks for bringing that to my attention i appreciate it well how do i work on this you know like how do i even start to understand what type of relationship i have with myself and i think it's by asking really really great questions right i've said this before and i'll say it again the quality of your questions will determine the quality of your life and in starting with the question of how do i experience myself i think that's a huge opener and what i've been a practitioner of for many years is the following i either write down what i feel i either video journal or i voice memo i use one of those and i've used them in combinations throughout the years for probably over 10 years now i actually documented a lot of my life while i was going through graduate school because it was one of the toughest times of my life at the time and when my father uh was ill and in the hospital i actually video journaled every day and i knew that in the long run i'd look back at this and i would learn more about myself and i would learn how did i experience myself when i was in pain when i was in the deepest amount of emotional distress i have ever felt what does that say about myself one of the most beautiful studies that we can have is to study ourselves kind of like the idea that the most beautiful sound we can ever hear is the sound of our name that's a known fact when anybody says our name it says i see you i hear you you exist you matter and it's the same thing that we can do internally to start doing the work you do the work by getting brutally honest with yourself by literally asking yourself what the fuck am i doing like why do i continue to do this why am i again in a relationship that i don't feel seen i don't feel heard my needs are not met what's going on here and it's identifying what is missing from the very beginning Here's what the video journaling has really taken it to a whole other level for me in relationship with self. It's kind of like watching a movie. You're able to pick up facial affect. You're able to listen to the tone to really hear how is this person feeling or experiencing themselves. And lastly, you get so much content that if you don't study yourself, I have no idea what you're doing. It doesn't have to be long. It could be like 3 to 5 minutes. Literally jump on the camera and you just start saying exactly how you feel, what went on, what feelings came up for you. And I have this exercise that I do when I do these video journaling where I make it my business to literally identify 10 feelings that I had felt that day or during that experience I am describing. And in doing that, I am more able to understand how my own self experienced that moment and me. How did I show up for myself? How do I abandon myself or how am I avoiding myself? And in doing more of these, I'm fully aware of what's coming up for me. And I've tried it through different mediums, different sources. I would say tomato tomato. What works for one person may not work for another. For some people where it's at for them is writing, like they're just amazing at putting their feelings out there. And for others, it's just way easier to jump on a camera and be like, "You know what? Like, here's everything I'm offloading today." And for some, 
it's really just hearing a voice. Maybe they're more musically inclined. Maybe their auditorial cognitive abilities are higher than others. Try whatever works. But the idea here and the biggest takeaway if you're listening to this is please work on your relationship with self. Because if you don't, other people are going to choose what that's going to look like when they're in relationship with you. They're going to be the captain of the ship. They're going to lead it and they're going to say, here's where we're going. And if you don't have any direction for yourself, you know, it's going to be a bumpy road. You're screwed (laughs) because then you have absolutely no choice but to follow the leader and do what they say versus what your true spirit, where your own direction, your own moral compass, your own true north is telling you. Relationship with self, it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. And it's also understanding that when we are in relationship with somebody and it's toxic, it's not helpful, it's unhealthy, it's hurtful at best, straight up, just it hurts. The only reason that is continuing is because you are allowing it. And I think that cousins here are boundaries and relationship. They go hand in hand. And my clinical sister, Brene Brown, has always mentioned this, but boundaries are simply just a here's what's okay with me and here's what's not and here's where I draw the line in the sand. And the most important thing that I have ever learned about boundaries, and this blew my mind and I learned this through life experience, is that we can have all the boundaries in the world, but if we don't apply it in the moment where it can heal us in relationship, it's not going to help. You can have a whole list, medicine cabinet, you can be like the advocate of the year for boundaries are for us. But if you do not apply it and take action and actually see the results from it in the moment of conflict, disagreement, discomfort, and hurt, it's worth shit. <laughs> this is just the reality of it. And it's beautiful because you will only learn about relationships by being in relationships. And I urge you and beg you that the relationship with self be first and foremost primary in discovering it and healing with it and hurting with, staying with that feeling and say, hey, I'm here for it. So I'm so excited to know that we're growing this and much more together. I see you. You see me. I love you. Hey you, send me a text and let me know what you thought about this episode. I want to hear from you. 323-870-7855.